Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to another episode, Modernizer Die, CFML News Edition. So I am. You Gavin said it Bickens. wrong. It's modernize or die. That's how you have to say it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, thank you, Brad. Brad's a lead architect for Auto Solutions. I'm a software consultant for Auto Solutions, and we're sadly your host this week. Uh, sorry, you got to put up with us. Andrew I'm Davis will be, be back here. in a couple of weeks. He's uh, going Ooh. through a few office changes, so uh, he'll be back soon. I told him we all miss him. Uh, you guys are sick of hearing me talk so much, so uh, he should be back in action pretty soon here. So. So you ready for another exciting Back week, Brad? Did you eat too much turkey? Again. Oh my gosh, did I? Last two years, my family realized that we could just uh, order our entire Thanksgiving dinner from Cracker Barrel, which I don't know if Cracker Barrels are all around the country. They're kind of a Midwest thing, but you pay for it ahead of time. You just go pick it up. It's got you know all the fixings, pre-cooked. You just heat it up and then you eat it. And it's, it's so less work than <laughs> cooking. <laughs> Which gives you more time to cram your face full of turkey. So, yep. Cool, cool. Well, do you get any Black Friday shopping done as well? Cyber Monday? You no, know, I didn't. I, I didn't even. I, I ran to Walmart on Black Friday around like eight o'clock, but I was going there for power steering fluid just because I actually needed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to weave through like, please do not cross lines, I had the whole store cordoned off just to pay for my stupid, you know steering fluid at the self-checkout but I, I didn't i didn't do any deals too funny no, lame well i got some uh some pretty cool stuff from um amazon and a few other places too got some stuff for for santa claus um for the kids and some other things hopefully be jazzing up my wi-fi santa claus Yep, but my I'm most excited about the Aero Wi-Fi, but I decided not to plug it in until after the podcast today, so we'd have hopefully a good stream. What, what kind of Wi-Fi is it? It's the Aero Mesh uh, Wi-Fi. So I have three. I routers haven't even that seen are, that. I'm behind the times. Well, it's kind of like the Google Wi-Fi Nest stuff, which is you know, so mm-hmm. they have like a back channel. Um, signal that they talk to each other so you can spread your routers around your house and you know they just right, make right. a bigger piece so the arrow ones that's are cool so they, they, t- they sort of like talk to each other so it's a mesh network then so it can yep so reach can, extremities exactly yeah, so yeah. Uh, i've got a two-story place and a chimney in the middle of the house which i think gets in the way of everything so i went all around uh-huh. the house testing all my signal last week so i get to plug the new ones in maybe tonight and see how much no, that's kind of cool there is so. i mean because unless you have like 11 billion dollars to spring for some like you know professional multi-access point wi-fi system it's kind of difficult when you have a house that's just big enough you can't quite put the you know the router in one place without the the extremities not having signals so that's yeah and we've got cool. the extenders and everything because you know we have an outdoor floodlight to a ring and i have to get range extenders for them but as you go to that part of the house mm-hmm. you have to change wi-fi networks to use the extender exactly yeah so, that's annoying <laughs> so yeah i'm excited about that so i geeked out black friday cyber monday stuff so anyway enough about yeah. that let's get on with the news so uh the big news event right now is uh pete freitag security training is coming up next week so if you guys are listening today you've missed the early bird special but uh don't worry he's actually got something called 
punctual bird pricing <laughs> instead of early bird punctual pricing. Bird. Oh, so if wow. you're after early bird but not late, you get punctual bird pricing, which is uh, currently right now $400 per student. Uh, if you wait until after Thursday, the December 5th, which is this Thursday, uh, that's when that runs out, and then you'll have to pay the 450 per student price. So, so if the early bird gets the worm, what does the punctual bird get? Like a, a beetle or a slug? I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. You'll have to ask him. But uh, oh, I know this good. punctual bird gets a bit, bit, bit of a discount on the the total price. So still a pretty good deal. Uh, great, great seminar. Uh, and he's doing that next Wednesday and Thursday, uh, December eleventh and twelfth. And he's got a two Pete sessions. Tag is a veritable fountain of knowledge. So yeah, go fill your brains with knowledge. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, workshop for sure. I've taken it uh, and I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Uh, a lot of stuff was, uh, you know, sort of going over the same things we've done over and over again. But other stuff, um, you know, a lot of things I learned, a lot of new tools. You know, we talked about lots of tools to help your security and stuff. I know you, you use uh, JMeter quite a bit for load testing or whatever. So you talked about that. And you also talked about a, uh, a tool called Zap. And some other ones, so uh, very cool. So, yep. Um, so go sign up for that and get that punctual bird pricing. Um, and then, yeah, that is next Wednesday and Thursday. So get the pricing uh, this week. And yeah, enjoy that. Online After this week. one, you're gonna have to fall back to the procrastinate bird pricing, which is just actually <laughs> twice the price. <laughs> it's like you waited too long. You pay double. Yep. Exactly. So. Uh, if you go to foundator.com, you can go check that out and sign up online. And we'll have the yeah. link. The in link the is in the chat for you people on the stream. Very cool. Punctual cat gets the bird. That's <laughs> John Farrar. Cool. So uh, like another that. interesting news item. So today oh, when I was my. running through, <laughs> running through looking for um, blog posts and content, um, I found a news post about how Cold Fusion now runs on WordPress. <laughs> So, it's like a marketing site for a company that appears to do cold fusion development. Uh, but it's like they put a, like a, a bag of like buzzwords and just kind of shook them up and just sort of just pulled them out to, to generate the marketing copy for the site. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's been a pretty short week on a, a lot of people being enjoying Thanksgiving. So there's not that much news. So I thought I would share a few of the f interesting quotes. I don't want to badmouth the company. They might actually be good developers. So are we, we going to link to them? Or are we gonna no, no. <laughs> I think we'll just share a couple of the quotes, but, um, but the short of it is, is don't believe everything you read on the internet, you know, because obviously we're cold fusion Plot developers. Twist. So this is actually highly tuned comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like so this one here. So this is one of the quotes built on high of the world's preferred content management system, WordPress. Cold Fusion could be a powerful integrated secure platform with a spread of options obtainable out of the box. See, I got like the box reference the there. But this it's is like they ran it through a couple translators back and forth a few times until it didn't quite make sense, and then they were like, "Perfect, ship it." Yeah. WordPress is a leader within the ASCII text file CMS world. Once bundled with ColdFusion, it provides a seamless mix of content and commerce. Do you, do you remember the time when WordPress used to be bundled with ColdFusion, Gavin? No, 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 never do I. I don't. <laughs> and so this one here is really funny too. From physical products to digital downloads to subscriptions, from content to appointments, you'll be able to sell virtually something with ColdFusion. <laughs> 
personally something. You know what? When you set the bar low, it's not easy to disappoint. It's like hire me, I will build you something. Yeah. One of the best advantages of victimization, cold fusion, is it's time to promote. So I, anyway, I didn't even I, know what that was supposed to be. I'm not sure. Well, either. bless their heart. I hate to make fun of someone who has problems with English, but yeah. it's, that's not the funniest part. It's really just the fact that they're, it's like a marketing person who doesn't actually know what Cold Fusion uh, built this. So my, my favorite part was there was an image on the post. Um, <laughs> and the image was like you took a clip art program and just pasted everything you could think of. It's, it says the word Cold Fusion devel- development at the top. And then it's got like a USB logo at the bottom. It's got like ones and zeros and binary. It's got like arrows going up and down and left and right and a little shopping cart icon and a cloud icon and the word code. Um, it literally makes no sense. It's just like a, it's like when the weatherman plays around and just makes like a diagram with just every little icon he had. That's basically what this is. And it's sort of the crowning achievement of this article. So yeah mm. so the long story it's short quality. is we we know that this is uh bad marketing but just be careful <laughs> when you're out there shopping for anything else because you might be victim to some of this marketing so anyway so don't send this site to anyone who wants to know good reasons for using cold fusion <laughs> because it won't help you but uh anyway like we said we're not going to mention the name we don't want to like put them down uh english is their second language but it was kind of amusing so we will show it with Share some joy for the holidays. <laughs> Good so, times. Cool. Well, that's the the news for the week. We do have some conference information. So, Latam, Latino America. Latam. Ortiz has landed. Luis has left the building, people. He's left the country. He's yep. fled back to his homeland for Into the Box Latam. Yep. So, uh, it's December 4th, so tomorrow in San Salvador, El Salvador, mm-hmm. we got a one-track, one-day Spanish-presented conference. Uh, it's pretty cool that they have the backing of the El Salvadorian government, so the Ministry of Innovation is actually backing them, and we've seen quite a few ticket yeah. sales, so we've got a pretty good number of attendees, don't we? Yeah, so in my understanding is the, is the El Salvadorian government kind of has like a push to help uh, advance technology and you know have initiatives, and so uh, Luis is able to partner with them which I think is absolutely fantastic. I mean, there's a, there's been quite a lot of ticket sales coming in from people I've never heard of. So they've been on like the local radio stations down in El Salvador. They've been all over uh, the news and stuff. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really stars. great time. I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm pretty bummed. I'm not going down there. Uh, we have quite a few people from the Ortis team, but um, yep. sadly I'm left here in good old Kansas. Yep. So Luis is there and Edgardo, Jorge, John Clausen, Esmeralda, Stephanie, and Javier. Uh, and then we have a couple of people from, uh, I believe they got an AWS speaker coming in to, to share with them some um, AWS secrets as well. So, so a lot of good Ooh. stuff. So if you go to latam.intothebox.org, you can uh, find out more information about it. There's a schedules up online on the Progressive Web app and tickets are available. Obviously, if you're here in the States, uh, you're probably not going to make it, but uh, we'll try and give you a, a, a summary <laughs> start, rundown. Leave now. Yeah, we'll give you a breakdown next go, week go, of, go. of how it went and uh, get a little report on that. But uh, we're pretty excited to you know keep expanding the the conference and really get out and you know build our team down in El Salvador, but also build the community too. So uh, we'll have links in the show That's notes right. to a couple of the blog posts about it as well. So. Very cool. So. Speaking of conferences coming up soon, we've got CF Summit in India, December seventh. So that is right around the corner. So 
If yep. you're in uh, India within range of uh, Bangalore, make sure you've got yourself signed up. I understand it basically doesn't cost anything. So, yep, and I believe that's no a Saturday too. To so, uh, so yeah, they don't have to worry about work schedules if you're working on not working on Saturday. It's available. Um, the whole team will be there, all the engineers and everything. Uh, and last year they had a great turnout, and so they're looking to get you know another three, four, five hundred people this year. So if you're there, did, did they have a mariachi out. band though? That's the question. No, but I'm sure they have some pretty good entertainment. <laughs> I, see, I think Luis should have like a like a country western band at the end of the box Latam. He's got to like reverse, you know, like <laughs> turn the tables, swap the roles, or something. So that's some big big hat of the Houston's. Get some Texans down there. <laughs> it's and the all belt that. buckles that are big. <laughs> yeah, the belt buckle's got to be at least as big as the hat. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway. So, cool. So, yep, that should be this week. So, uh, hopefully that, that goes well for everyone attending as well. And um, we'll have to reach out. I know um, Yogesh Mather is looking for people that are going to be there to, to meet up with too. So, mm-hmm. maybe Yogesh, if you're listening, uh, give us a report. You know, send us an email or whatever tell us what you thought of it let us know what you liked and didn't like and we can give a report back so i think he had some tweets last year um so i'll be looking out for those as well yep very cool and then the next so back to mariachi bands yep (laughs) the next conference on our list is our into the box in houston texas so 2020 the sixth or seventh year is going to be in houston Oh, I don't know. Don't ask me questions yeah. like that. It's, it's, um, been, I don't think. Well, actually, no. It's a sixth or seventh. No, I think it's the eighth total, but total we've been in there probably four or five. So yeah. I'm horrible at remembering those things, but Anyways. it all kind of blurs together. But yeah, it's going to do it for a while, and we've grown every year. So, yep, it's getting bigger. We have our call for speakers open. Um, we, we didn't realize that putting your call for speakers on the paper call io website would basically invite like every i don't want to call it spam because they may be legit but you get like just random off the wall sort of generic talks just kind of flood in um from people i I don't know if they're just looking for like a a, a conference that they're hoping will like sponsor the airfare or something but we've 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 gotten uh uh, a few uh actual confusion related things We've got a bunch of kind of random stuff. So that's been interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll make it interesting for sure. I mean, we're always looking for new content and new speakers, so this is a good way we yeah, can maybe to sort through it. Some. I mean, if if the people submitting are actually like willing to, you know, fly themselves out of the conference, then we'll we'll consider any 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 uh, valuable content that makes sense. But uh, it's yeah. the first time we've had our, our our call for speakers. In fact, if you're a CF person, let me get that uh, paper call. URL as well because yep so papercall.io slash itb2020 um mm. and yeah definitely submit that and um like i said that is in may may 6 to 8 so uh you know start planning your your time there um it's always a, a good fun conference we have our happy box with that mariachi band that's so famous and uh it's very also don't forget the uh the workshops so we have the two-day conference, and then we have the full day of workshops before. So I don't think we've nailed down the workshop topics yet. Um, but lately, in the last few years, we've always hit basic stuff like cold box, rest, uh, test box, Docker, command box. So um, I would say just you know plan on that, get your airfare, knowing that you're going to hit one of those pre-conferences, and uh, pick up the combined tickets for those. Yep, usually the early bird tickets with the conference and the and the workshops together are pretty reasonable. So, 
Um, we should have uh, pricing out hopefully the end of the year. We're hoping to get the schedule wrapped up. So if you guys are wanting to submit a session, you pretty much got to the end of the, the year, I believe. So, you know, just under 30 days. So uh, don't wait to the last minute, um, but we'll keep you up to date on the every week as we go. So that being said, let's get into the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. What? what? We got James Moberg. AKA yep. games over kicking it off here. Um, he uh, put a little UDF up on Twitter. Actually, I saw this one come by earlier today, I think. So um, there's a struct is ordered function, which I'll admit, I don't, I don't know that I, I even was aware of what that guy was. Yeah, but it has uh, a member function too. Docs here. So you go oh, the... check if a struct is ordered. Yep. So you can do a dot nice. ordered on a struct as well, but that's only available for CF 2018. So this UDF he created allows mm. you to do it for 2016. I check and see if, if that's Bottom included Lucy. in that Lucy ticket for Lucy compatibility. I know that yeah. Lucy was, I think going to target like uh, 5.4, I think for the 2018 compatibility. But I wonder if that, I wonder if that struct is ordered snuck in in a recent update. I don't see any reference to that in the Lucy bug tracker. I need to go make sure we have that accounted for so they get that created. Yeah, I yeah, so an ordered struct did not see it. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with ordered structs, generally in, in Confusion, in a lot of languages, if you want ordered data, you use an array. Structs are sort of inherently unordered. You just reference them by key. However, sometimes it's nice to have key value pairs that are also inherently in some order, so you can loop over them in a given order. So you've been able to create ordered structs for a... Uh, for a while now, but this is basically a function that'll let you take an incoming struct and ask if it's ordered. Now, I don't, I don't know where I'd ever use this. Um, but I guess it's good to know it's there. Previously, you probably would have had to have like dig down into Java to look at the class that was implemented or something. Um, but either way, so I mean, that's only on 2018. So if you're on 2016, or for that matter, um, on Lucy. actually, I don't know if it works on previous versions. Uh, I'd have to look and see how he implemented his, because uh, he may dig down into the Java. Um, but if you're on Adobe ColdFusion 2016 and you're like, hey, it's just an ordered struct, James Moberg has it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, so it looks like in his little UDF, he is doing get metadata dot get canonical name and then looking for the word ordered. Hmm. So you're right. That's a test. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he's tested it on Lucy, but I'm sure you could probably modify that to a. Uh, to work on Lucy as well, if you just look and see what Java classes it uses under the scenes. Yeah, and actually Ray Camden was uh, on Twitter today talking about this in response to the tweet, and he's asking, why would you ever want to order a struct? And I brought up a couple examples. <laughs> I've worked on um, some APIs where dealing with banks and realtor stuff, where the order of the keys matters. So when you convert it to JSON and send it through, it has to be in a specific order or it blows up. Yeah. And so uh, obviously you, you can do an array and spit it out, but... Yeah. See, JSON is the primary reason I deal with ordered structs. And this is a difference between Lucy and Adobe Fusion, but I really like how Lucy does it. Um, unless they, I should check and see if they change it. Because I've, I've asked the engineers at Adobe about this. And Lucy, when you uh, deserialize JSON uh, and you get a struct out of it, Lucy inherently uses an ordered struct, which if you're going to read a JSON file off of the hard drive into memory, 
you know, it is as a struct, make some changes to it, and then write that same JSON file back out. It's a total pain in the butt if the JSON keys all get jumbled around, especially if that's a file in source control. And of yep. course, in command box, we do that all the time, box.json, server.json, cfconfig.json. So it's really nice to have that JSON come in and go out in the exact same order and not get all jumbled. That's, that's the primary use that I like. And that's and course, what I didn't Lucy, mention to Ray. I should tell him that. <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> but, to me, that's like one of the most useful ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I first had the same thought was like, ah, what are you talking about? Structs are unordered, you idiot. Why do you want to order structs? And then I came across some really good scenarios where I was like, oh, it's actually really nice to keep this in the same, the same order. Yep, exactly. Anywho. So, so yep. So that's pretty cool little UDFs. Thanks for sharing that, James. Um, so next on the list, uh, Benny Dow um, actually has one which is not really Cold Fusion related, but I thought it was relevant. So he's talking about capturing pointer events using bookmarklets. And I guess his whole thing started when you right click on an element and go inspect element in your browser, sometimes you get the body tag. And that I guess is because you have pointer events disabled for that element. Uh, so I don't know why you'd do that, but he has um, add a little bit of code to basically have a bookmarklet that will fix that and re-add the, the pointer events back to your element so you can actually inspect the element. So it was one of those things that maybe if you're looking at someone's site and you wonder why you can't select an element, that's why. And so I don't know if I've ever come across that Pointer before. event is a CSS class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my first time even hearing about this. Yeah, so I thought it was just kind of interesting. CSS like the plague. Yeah. So, you know, we all should live in developer tools, you know, use them. Um, and that was something I thought might catch a few people. So decided to share it. So... Pretty so pointer event CSS property sets under what circumstances, if any, a particular graphic element can become the target of pointer events. Interesting. So Auto, right none, stroke, and fill. What's that? As I say, so if you're right-clicking on it and it won't, <laughs> won't be a targetable object, then you can't inspect it, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. That would be annoying. So... I could, I could see websites doing that to try to like screw with you to, you know, protect the content or something like when they try to keep you from, you know, right clicking, right clicking and saving files and stuff. Yep, exactly. Whenever, so, whenever websites do that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you don't know who you're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. And this is, uh, you know, just a little, little thing. And I guess, um, so bookmarklets is one way that he used to fix it, but some other people on Twitter are also mentioning how there's other tools you can run. So when you pull up a page, you can actually run this little script that will go ahead and fix certain things. So it's easy to work with in the developer code. And, uh, I guess it's like a little script kitty type thing. And I don't remember the names of them, but, uh, if you go look at Ben's, uh, tweets about it, you should see some responses and it's kind of interesting. So if you're doing more developer tools, you know, we can all use them a little better. I know I got to, you know, upscale a little bit on my, my dev tools. Uh, people use some pretty cool stuff with it. Michael Bourne just said it's the dumbest thing in CSS. Michael, I'll have you know that uh, YouTube uh, spam blocked your comment because you used the word dumbest. I had to allow it. <laughs> Watch your mouth, young man. <laughs> Too funny. So uh, we also had a tweet from CF Camp. Um, the f the images of CF Camp are here. So James Allen took oh, some yeah. uh, pretty cool pictures. Um, so he's posted them up. They're up on the CF Camp website. And I'm even in a couple out. of them. I know. I was going to say we should uh, get a couple of those. Maybe they've 
you know, your good I was, side. I was thinking I should I should steal one. Of course, you always look like a dork when you're talking. If you're like your mouth's <laughs> open, there's no good still shot. You're like, uh. um, but I was like, I should steal one and like make it my new Twitter pick just because it seems like a bunch of people all have like a cool picture of them with the headset mic, like talking at a conference and they look all, you know, I don't know, educated or something, but it's a good, it's a good photo gallery though. He did a really good job uh, with the pictures. Yeah. I thought it was your color too. Cause they're all pink, you know, the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> this shirt is red. It's chief's kingdom, man. Come on. Number one on the AFC West. <laughs> Let's not get started about football. Okay, <laughs> so we had another blog uh, post by Ben Adel, and this is actually about a book. So, Monolith to Microservice, oh, nice. Evolutionary Patterns to Transform Your Monolith by Sam Newman. So, he was saying that... Uh, Sounds really familiar. He read it a long time ago, and it's finally come out on um, on the Kindle, so he grabbed it over the weekend and read it on Thanksgiving. Uh, he said it's a mandatory read for anything that's thinking about using microservices. Ooh. So instantly I thought, well, I should probably add this to my reading list. I've got plenty of things I need to read, but uh, what's one more, right? Um, and so if yeah, you want to find a little book. more about it, um, Ben Adele wrote a blog post about it, and Brad just linked it in the in the chat. Yeah. Sounds like it's something that would probably apply pretty much across any language or technology, so I like that. Yeah, so I think I'm going to grab that and check it out. But uh, yeah, it's a good good option so thanks ben for sharing that we appreciate it and apparently john thinks that oh no dan card thinks it's salmon well yeah salmon salmon. colored you know what i'm i'm the worst person to identify colors i i operate in like 16 color mode (laughs) (laughs) so we also had uh, another one from gregory alexander um he's been working with some cold fusion orm stuff trying to get his galaxy blog open sourced and available in multiple engines so he's using orm and so he ran into an interesting error, which I guess was misleading. So it talked about um, needing an integer for all? something. Well, ORM errors are always all interesting. all ORM errors misleading? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, uh, yeah, I thought it would be a nice one to share. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, he goes into detail about what it was. The actual error is that he needs an object for the foreign key, not the actual integer that loads the object. And so mm. the, yeah. it was talking about strings and integers, but actually what it wanted was the object. So long story you short. See, when ORM goes to throw a message, it takes a bag full of random sentences and just shakes them up and it just pulls one out. It's just like the marketing team for that article earlier. <laughs> Cold Fusion ORM messages come out of Hibernate. Yep, exactly. Cool. Well, I saw you were commenting again. on this. I, I, I see how you're kind of like putting Ben every other one, so we spread them out. Well, we don't want to have a Ben corner. <laughs> People, well, maybe they'll just <laughs> tune in just ben for in that, corner, right? Gavin. Uh, Nobody puts Ben in a corner. Too funny. Oh, yeah, his uh, uh, his thing on SSL certificate install is pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, I know a lot of people when they're working with APIs or whatnot, I've had this fair fair headaches with this in the past. But if you're using an HTTP connection out to something and it's a uh, it's out to an SSL certificate based URL, so HTTPS, a lot of times you get these weird errors and you don't know why. It's because 
basically cold fusion doesn't know about the certificate it doesn't trust it so usually in the old cold fusion you have to go add it to the ssl you know trusted store or if you're in lucy would log into the admin have to click one of those buttons and this would always mm-hmm. happen uh did a lot of work with traffic schools and the dmv would change the certificate randomly periodically <laughs> just to throw you off just and all of a sudden everything it, yeah. breaks and you don't know why and the reason would be that the SSL certificate isn't trusted anymore because you've got to go add the chain, et cetera. So it looks like Ben found a, a cool Lucy function. Yeah, and I, I wasn't even aware of that function. I knew that the, the Lucy administrator had a little interface where you could go paste in the URL. Lucy would go get the SSL cert from that URL, add into the trusted store. But I didn't realize you could just uh, uh, call that built-in function to do it, which is kind of cool. At one point, Misha talked about having a flag... Um, to automatically install the SSL search just as part of like CFHTTP. Uh, of course, that would be sort of dangerous. You know, when an SSL search can't be verified, that, you know, should be a red flag unless you're explicitly expecting that. Um, I, it also makes me think of James Moberg. James Moberg has mentioned several times that one of the things, things he likes about the CFX, uh, CFHTTP custom tag from the olden days is the ability to straight up ignore the SSL search, um, which would be roughly the equivalent of automatically installing it. Um, but either way, uh, if you want to do that, there's basically kind of some tools built into Lucy, which is kind of cool. So yeah, so SSL certificate install. I wonder how slow it is. Like if it's something you should, you know, if you try and do it and it's already installed, will it do it again? You know, I don't know what the speed is on it or whatnot. Question. You would think it would check the key store and not re-add it if it was there. Unless Um, it's a new one that's going to expire later than the other one. It's... Well, it would still have, it would have a different thumbprint. If you, if you regenerate a new a new SSL cert, I'm pretty certain the thumbprint would be different. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, interesting. It. Uh, I'm just looking at the, the Java code right now. I always keep the Lucy source code on speed dial in my IDE. Um, the uh, SSL certificate install function just calls the update SSL certificate method of the admin tag. Hmm. The CF admin tag. Because I know from the admin, that's not fast. So, um, yeah, I mean, either way, it would it would have to it would have to make the HTTP request out to the URL to get the SSL cert back minimally every time to see then if the cert was already in the store. Uh, it seems like something you wouldn't want to call every time. So I'm just kind of scroll through the the Java code. Holy crap! There's a lot of Java code in this file. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna find this in two seconds. Um, yeah, it is a good question, though, just uh, how performant that is. It seems like something you'd want to uh, maybe only have happen once or something. Yeah, maybe a scheduled task yeah, that I'm can run periodically to make sure it's up to date. Not something like that. Not that rabbit any farther. Um, it is also worth noting a little difference here. Uh, this is sort of a, a good and a horrible thing, in my opinion. Um, and that is that Adobe Cold Fusion, uh, from my understanding, there's no... Uh, there's no certificate uh, trusted store anywhere inside of Adobe Cold Fusion. It falls back to the the, the secure uh, list of trusted certs. Um, that's part of your 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 JDK or your JRE. Um, in Lucy, it has its own key store, which is basically a list of SSL certs that you've kind of said these are all you know a okay. You can use them, and any cert that they trust, we also trust. Um, and so when you install it into Lucy, uh, Lucy is able just to add it into its own copy of the store. The, the double-edged part of that sword 
is that Lucy tends to be pretty stinking lazy about updating their key store. So you end up with key stores that are like multiple years old. So when new kind of like top level search come out from like GoDaddy and stuff like that, you'll have sites that quit working because, you know, there's, there's a new kind of like global trusted uh, SERP, but it's not in Lucy's key store because it might be like five years old. So then you have to add stuff that you really shouldn't have to add. Um, so anyway, it's just interesting to keep in mind that Lucy has its own key store um, that it uses separately from whatever key store your, your Java installation might have. And that's what it lets it install custom search, but it's also what makes it get out of date when they don't update the stupid thing. However, uh, just last week, I saw uh, Misha doing some activity on a ticket explicitly saying, hey, we need to update this incredibly old key store that we're still shipping um, inside of Lucy. So hopefully when the next version of Lucy will, uh, will be updated a little bit better than that. Cool. Sounds Reminds good. me of a ticket actually that Joe Gooch has in, which says that Lucy, there's a way that Lucy can change their key store um, to where it has its own certs internally, but then kind of has like a parent key store where if it doesn't find it there, it'll then in turn look for the default Java key store, um, which I'm hoping that uh, that ticket will see some action sometime soon because that would still give you the ability for Lucy to have its own key store and for it to still fall back on your your Java, your JRE key store, which you might update more often. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds like a, Int- a good good way interesting to... Interesting stuff. Yeah, have the best of both worlds there. Cool. Um, yep. We also had a bluff from Seth Ingren from Computer Know How. So, uh, I haven't heard from him in a while. Yep. I know they've been uh, real busy working. So um, we used to see them all Proper the time. Proper environment variables. Proper. Yeah. Just Proper. like the Queen's English. Do, do these environment variables extend their pinkies when they sip their tea? They're quite proper. Yep. So he's been working on deploying projects to production environments for some customers. Uh, and so he's been working through, you know, basically environment variables and how to work with them and some do's and don'ts. And mm. so if you guys are not using environment variables yet and you're wanting to start looking at it, this is a good one to sort of, you know, look at the reasons why and how you should use them. Make sure you're not committing them to your source control, stuff like that. So um, it's a good article there on computer know-how consulting. So CKH talking about the, the npm.env module and not the command box.env module. What are you doing to us here, Seth? Guess it depends no on the JS development. Get that nonsense out of here. Yeah. So there is a command box module for .env files. Um, so we use that a lot of times. Um, and obviously, yeah, Coldbox has support for uh, environment variables inside with the get system properties. So you can use that as well. Um, but yeah, so environment variables are very important, um, especially with, you know, Docker environments, but even without Docker, you guys should consider using environment variables for, you know, a lot of your settings. See if, see if config, we use environment variables in there as well. So very cool. Um, but yeah, so nice article there from Seth. And then if you guys need more news and want to stay up to date on more things than we provide, uh, Charlie Earhart's got a way to keep up to date on the news, the new posts and the comments that are on the coldfusion.adobe.com website. So there's actually RSS feeds. If anyone still uses RSS readers, there are a few people out there that use them and there's still a few readers left that uh, Google hasn't killed off. But uh, you can get an RSS feed of the blog posts <laughs> and or comments that show up on the site and so you can follow along. And I know that a lot of people do that to stay on top of the, the comments and help people out. So 
if you're wanting to keep up to date, there's a nice blog post there on the coldfusion.adobe.com website. Right on. And then I'll let you talk about the next one because it's a tweet from you. It is. I sent the tweet right before we started the podcast just so I could talk about it. Um, that's what I, I spent all of yesterday messing around with. Um, <clears throat> so I sent out a tweet um, just earlier saying I have a cool new Fusion Reactor integration um, coming in command box. It's on the, the sort of bleeding edge builds right now. So it'll be part of uh, the next version of command box. Uh, and it basically lets you use your uh, Fusion Reactor license um, to monitor the actual CLI itself inside a command box. Uh, and everyone's kind of used to using Fusion Reactor to monitor web servers that you start up. That's pretty straightforward. And we've had a, a Fusion Reactor module that's done that forever. Um, somebody had asked me if they could use Fusion Reactor to monitor actual like task runners that are just running outside of a web server from the command line. And I told them, yes, um, I've done it before. Basically, there's a way you can kind of shoehorn in JVM arguments that apply to the CLI itself, which is just a Java process running Lucy. Um, and I've done it before, but it's not very useful because the entire CLI just runs inside of the main thread. And it's just a big, long-running thread for as long as you have the console open. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint individual things you do inside of it. Mm -hmm. I remember yesterday that uh, Fusion Reactor has actually a really cool Java API uh, that you can grab a hold of and you can create custom transactions uh, of your own design. So you can say, you know, I just started a transaction called FUBAR and now it's done. And then Fusion Reactor will automatically... Uh, time all the code between that it'll you know capture JDBC transactions HTTP calls nested transactions this is all just kind of a, a built-in thing in the fusion reactor so what I've done is I've integrated um, this into command box now so if command box starts and it sees that the fusion reactor Java agent is present if you've added it then it'll automatically start talking to fusion reactor and in the transaction transaction history inside of fusion reactor you can see all the commands you've ran so you ran a, a directory command or a server start command, and you can see, you know, or a task run command, and you can see all the database calls that have been made um, in graphs and everything. So it's a pretty cool uh, kind of fun thing, and it makes it way more useful because um, you can, you know, you can use the profiler, you can get stack traces on threads and things. You can actually interrupt uh, long-running uh, task runners from Fusion Reactor um, all in the CLI. Of course, it requires a license, but if you've got a developer license that you're already using locally, it would be covered by that. So that's, that's pretty fun. I've been playing with it all yesterday and this morning. So that'll be part of the next version of command box. Little value added uh, goodness for people with Fusion Reactor licenses. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be pretty big with uh, a lot of people starting to use more task runners and, you know, especially in the Docker world or whatnot too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense. You know, people, the, the person who asked about it on the CFML Slack, um, I don't know his name. I only know his username. Um, give him credit for giving me the idea. His username is J-A-C-E-K, um, but I don't know what his real name is. I've, I've talked to him quite a few times on CFML Slack. Yeah, he had these like long running task runners doing, you know, ETL kind of uh, loads. Um, and he wanted us to be able to monitor them. So it totally made sense. Uh, more and more people using command box for that kind of stuff. And it makes sense that you have the same tools available. Very cool. So nice. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I like What's that. Next? I saw some of the graphs and on that. It came out pretty cool. So, Yeah, I'll probably create a blog post or something uh, just with some information um, on how to how to do it. Cool, cool. Well, next we got find a job. So Thanksgiving week find is over. 
everyone lost their job because they're camping out Best Buy to try and get that uh, new monitor for their TV <laughs> or whatnot. But, uh, but yep, so uh, if you're still looking for a job, there's a couple of new ones available. So on getcfmljobs.com, they've got 24 listings right now for 19 companies across 17 locations in five countries. Uh, a couple of new ones that were posted, we have a full-time senior culture developer position for America Access Casualty Company in Downers Grove, Illinois. Um, so they're looking for a Cofusion developer to write, test, and analyze software programs and web applications. And so that one's available. And then there's also one in Hyperdad, uh, India. So a full-time Cofusion position for Accenture. And so when I, when I first read this, it, it was kind of funny, Brad. It said, one, should have experience working in Cofusion 2 HTML5 CSS. But then I realized it was a, a numbered list. So should have experience working in Cofusion. <laughs> and then number two, <laughs> HTML5 CSS JavaScript. So I was like, Cofusion 2, wow, that's a pretty pretty tight restriction there. I'm a commas save lives, man. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah. So they've got a, you know, a good job there. So if you go to getcfmljobs.com, you can see those listings. Um, and like I said, over 24 positions available right now in five different countries. So hopefully there's something for you if you're looking for a job. So good luck. And if you guys actually have a position available, you can go onto that website and post for free. So you don't have to pay any fees or anything else. It's a Cold Fusion uh, developer in our community that runs that site. It goes and scrapes lots of different sites like Indeed and Monster, etc. Pulls them all together for us. So thanks for doing that. And then, yeah. Who is it that runs CFML jobs? Um, I tried to, I saw his username and it was interesting. Abhishek or something. Oh yeah. I recognize that developed for the lovable cold fusion community by a K B A R S A I T. Akbar say, so I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. yeah I, I totally recognize that. I've seen it around. Yep. So pretty cool. Okay. So that's uh, your final job section for the week. So next we have Brad's favorite. Forgebox module of the week. You you said it wrong. It's Forgebox module of the week. Week, week, week. Which might be a package or (laughs) component or (laughs) framework (laughs) of the week. So, uh, but this one, I've actually went and uh, thought we'd see who's been busy over Thanksgiving and put released a new package. And so we have a new one by Gary Stanton. So this is the OpenCage Geocoder API version 1.0.0. So um, open the cage, man. Well, I just thought this was pretty relevant because this weekend I got a couple of text messages and emails and uh, from a client whose whole application just fell apart and they wanted me to fix it. I'm like, how did it break? No one's done anything. And of course, uh, <laughs> someone's credit card expired on their Google API for geocoding. So all the oh. mapping functions broke. Oh. Uh, because now Google's API requires bad. billing and they, they don't have almost any free tiers left on mm-hmm. all the mapping stuff. So uh, OpenCage is a, another provider that's built on the OpenStreetMap stuff. And they have a very, very generous free tier, apparently. So I think they have 2,500 requests a day in their free tier, which is pretty good. It is a commercial product, though, so it's uh, supported. But uh, he's the... Some- the module itself is can be used as a standalone CFC or from Coldbox. You can use Wirebox to inject it and use, you know, module settings for your API key. You can go get an API key for free at opencagedata.com and try it I'm out. I'm still trying to figure out what it does. I mean, it says 
geocoder uh, API. So I'm looking at the example here and he's passing in the string British Library, 96 Euston Road, London, That's an W1, address. 2DB. So it's an address. So what does it give you back? Like Latin Lawn? Yeah, it'll give you Latin is? Lawn and probably a, usually most of those geocoding systems will give you a, a complete address breakdown. So it'll give you, it'll break apart oh, the zip code. Like normalizes city. the address and parses it? Normalizes, gives you zip uh, like all the different f pieces of the information as well as latitude and longitude, right, but this right. will also do reverse. I it, okay. So I bet it gives you like a, maybe like a time zones and stuff as well. Well, that's the thing is in their stuff. They say that, yeah, they give you time zones and, you know, sunrise, sunsets. They give you all this extra useful information. Ooh. So you don't have to sunrise, like over-engineer your sunset. side. So that was kind of cool that that's Google doesn't cool. do. So, I mean, the, the cool thing too, is you can actually give it a lat lawn and it will reverse engineer the address for you as well, or close to it. So if you give it a lat lawn, it'll give you back a city or, or whatnot. So, um, so kind of interesting. John wants to know if it gives you free T E A R S. If your credit card expires, it might. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the good thing about this too, is it doesn't require a credit card for the free tier. So I know Google now you have to put your credit card in to even get the free stuff. And there's not much of that. So not that I don't dislike Google. I do like it, but a lot of customers, it's hard to keep track of all the customers that are using it and make sure that their billing is set up and they set up a Google account for it. And then they don't know who's getting the email. So anyways, so if you guys are want to try something different, this open cage geocoder API uh, component looks pretty good. And it's got a real nice query language too. Like it's a nice fluent, thing you don't have to make yeah. http calls so they've done a pretty good job Looks like it goes the other way around like you can give it a latin lawn and it'll tell you what city it's in too yeah that's what i just said checking out their website right now yeah you can reverse it sorry i wasn't listening to you i was too busy reading their website uh-huh <laughs> so i'm not listening to you gavin there's a website in front of me that's totally more interesting yeah there's so, the link so that's one of the the newest module or package up on uh forgebox so cool Hopefully, you guys, uh, go good check on you, it out. Gary. Yep, keep up the good work. That's good to see another contributor too. I don't know how many packages Gary has or whatnot, but uh, um, just... I believe I can click on his name right here in ForgeBox, and it should show me, shouldn't it? Yeah, probably. I just didn't try. I was just thinking, like, ooh, he has two packages: cold thumbs, dynamically resizes and caches images, and then this one. This is the second package, the cool. second public package. So yeah, so it's nice to. Nice to see new developers posting packages there too. Cool. Okay. So next we have VS Code, hence tips and tricks of the week. So this one's probably not something for you, Brad. This is called Headwind. So this was actually recommended Headwind. by Eric Peterson. So this is Sounds like me trying to drive the other day when it was super windy. <laughs> no, this now, is, is a, this a, the opposite of Tailwind. Well, actually, this is a tool to help you with Tailwind. So if you're using Tailwind CSS, oh. see, so that's like style and design. So I didn't think you were familiar. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you're using Tailwind, what Headwind does is it actually automatically sorts your CSS classes for you. So if you're working with uh, Tailwind, it's a utility-based um, style sheet framework. So a lot of times you'll have lots of little teeny tiny classes on, on something. And that can kind of get messy if you've got like 10 classes on every object. You might, you know, might have trouble mm. trying to figure out, oh, wait, what size text is this? Or what color or which margin or padding do we have? So what Headwind does is makes it kind of like pretty, uh, prettier or whatnot. Everything is styled a certain way. Whenever you save your file, Headwind will automatically order 
those tags. So I think it does like, you know, padding and margin first, and it does background colors and text color, and then the other optionals. And if you have any custom classes, they appear on the end. So that way they're always in the same order, so it's easier for you to find your, your classes. So. so somebody needs to write a library that helps you use headwind and then call that one crosswind. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Make it happen, people. Yeah. So, yep. Anyway, um, I think that'd be pretty cool. I know a lot of designer uh, developers we've been working with are we're pretty happy to see that. Um, so, anyway, so give that one a try. And so that well, comes to it. Yep, come to the end of our podcast for this week. Um, a lot of, you know, a little bit of uh, news out there. Again, Pete's um, seminar is the big news. A couple of conferences this week and then a uh, call for speakers for some other conferences. But um, great blog posts out there. Ben was very busy this week. He managed to write like five <laughs> blog posts and a couple of angular blog posts and he read a whole book so i'm pretty impressed ben and you got some turkey down there too i, I <laughs> ate turkey and took a nap i don't know how he did it all yeah. uh scott Steinbeck has as a new as a new name called breakwind <laughs> that one may even be better than crosswind <laughs> make it yeah. so scott. sounds like a php framework <laughs> little jab anyways but uh so end of our show we again want to thank our patreon supporters and our other supporters too so without you guys our tools like command box forge box cold box content box test box and all the other boxes wouldn't be wouldn't be here so uh we appreciate all your help and thanks very much for the support and if you guys are looking to support order solutions or some of the things we're working on please go to autosolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsorship and see how you as an individual or your company can help support us so i think it's brad's turn to to give the rundown so ready brad take oh, a deep oh, breath and- say, oh, you know, well, well here we go one breath i gotta got scroll so it's all on one on one screen <gasps> andrew davis brian white carl von stetton Dully, dan car daniel christia david bellinger Didier lesnick don bellamy eric hoffman gary knight and yannick jeremy adams john Ferrar, jordan clark joseph lambry laskama something i can't pronounce matthew clemente richard herbert samuel Knowlton, scott Steinbeck and DJ and Yogesh Mathior. Yep. So one Laxm- breath. That's trumpet player lungs for you right there. Yep. So Laxmer Tidohadi is, I think, the name that we couldn't pronounce or you couldn't uh, pronounce. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> you can do it next time. Yep. So anyway, thanks everybody. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you all next week with hopefully some reports on a couple of great conferences. Yes, we will. Modernize or die. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.